This is 99% Invisible. I'm Roman Mars. Almost without fail, an architectural draft starts with one straight line, and then another, and another, a succession of clean, orderly lines until eventually a building emerges. And it makes sense that straight lines form the core of our built environment. They're cost efficient. Materials like wood and steel and pipes come in straight linear units, although that's a bit of a tautology. But it's certainly easier to calculate structural loads on rectilinear surfaces. Straight lines are logical, predictable. And they are completely devoid of humanity. So says producer Louisa Beck. Actually, it's not my argument. It's this guy's. The straight line is godless and immoral. The straight line is not a creative line, but an imitating line, a lying line, a coward line. This is Tausendwasser, Friedensreich, Regentag, Dunkelbund, Hundertwasser. In German, that means multi-talented, peace-filled, rainy day, dark-colored hundred waters. It's a name he gave himself. Yeah, no kidding. Which makes sense, because for Hundertwasser, radical self-expression was everything. Even tenant-owned owned buildings are subject to censorship. Such regulations are characteristic of prisons, cages, and stables. This is from a speech Hundertwasser gave in 1983 at the Architectural Association in London. He was known for giving talks wearing mismatched, wild-colored socks and wacky hats, or showing up completely naked. That day, though, he was fully clothed. He looked out into a room full of architects and told them they were criminals, planning lifeless, rigid structures that restricted human creativity. The time has come for people to rebel against their confinement in cubicle constructions like prisoners or rabbits in cages. A confinement which is alien to human nature. Hundertwasser was born Friedrich Stohwasser in 1928. He made a name for himself, so to speak, as a painter. He was known for squiggly, abstract, nearly psychedelic paintings. And in 1985, he completed a building, an apartment complex in his home city of Vienna. Hunterwasser House looks as if one of his paintings had been made manifest. It's full of asymmetrical shapes, wacky colors, clashing patterns, mismatched windows, and undulating, uneven floors. There are no godless straight lines in sight. Working together with architects and engineers, Hunat Vassa went on to design more buildings all over Vienna. His work really sticks out in that city. Almost all the other buildings there are stately Baroque. Throughout the 1980s and 90s, Hunat Vassa went on to design all kinds of other structures, like gas stations, heating plants, and schools. And his renown extended beyond Vienna, he was hired to design buildings in Germany, Japan, New Zealand. He made one building in the U.S., a winery in Napa Valley. His architecture is festooned with golden orbs and onion domes, zigzagging tiles, trees that grow out of apartment windows. He dreamed of creating indoor, moss-covered floors, though he was never able to get that approved. I think you get it. Hunter Wasser designed some crazy-looking buildings. Many architectural circles dismiss Hunterwasser's work as kitsch. They look like buildings from Dr. Seuss or Pee Wee's Playhouse or any number of children's cartoons. But Hunterwasser actually got them built. And to him, they weren't just gimmicks. Real people live in his buildings. He was trying to reframe what the built environment can be, 
to reimagine what architecture is supposed to do. Today, architecture is criminally sterile. Today, architecture is criminally sterile, he says. One of these Hunadvasa buildings stands in Magdeburg, the city where I was born. Magdeburg is in what used to be communist East Germany, and it's one of those cities full of endless grids and straight lines. It's rows and rows of gray Soviet-style apartment blocks and post-war architecture, until you walk onto the main street in the city center and encounter this huge, eight-story tall castle. And this castle is bright, bright pink, salmon pink. And it's decorated with brown tiled squiggles, like big ceramic vines creeping up the pink walls. There are almost 900 windows of all different shapes and sizes, and 150 different lollipop-looking columns hold up the building's floors. On the roof, eight golden spheres rise triumphantly, like suns over the dull, homogenous blocks around them. Parts of the roof slope all the way down to the street, and it's covered in trees. This is why, even though the building is mostly pink, it's called the Green Citadel. Residents of Magdeburg grappled with what to make of this gigantic, tree-topped, salmon-pink castle. Everyone has different opinions about it, including my grandparents, who live about a 20-minute walk from the Green Citadel in Magdeburg. I talked to them about it the last time I went back to visit. An einem anderen Standort besser. Ich habe gesagt, er soll den anders bauen, wo keine Menschen sind. Ja. My grandpa says he thinks it looks like a monkey house. I ask him why, and he grunts about the colorful facade and wavy surface. It just doesn't fit. Also mir gefällt das sehr gut sogar. But my grandma, she likes it. In fact, she liked to live in it. It breaks with the sameness that is so typical of East Germany. As my grandmother describes it, quote, for 40 communist years, we lived in the same concrete high-rises. And here is an apartment building that represents the uniqueness of each resident. And Hunadwasa realized this. In my opinion, she says, there should be more buildings like it. Too bad he passed away. Plans for the Green Citadel began in 1996 after the fall of the Berlin Wall. Hunter Wasser died in 2000 while at sea on the QE2. The Green Citadel was completed five years later. 80% of the Green Citadel is covered in grass. And the building has what Hunet Wasser called tree tenants. Trees that were planted into special rooms inside of people's apartments. And his ideas about how to incorporate flora into buildings didn't stop with plants and trees. Hunadwasa was also really into mold, like the kind of mold that grows in the back of the fridge. When a wall grows moldy and the mold exhibits unusual patterns, or when moss grows over the geometric angles of a corner of a house, together with mushrooms and vegetation, life moves into a sterile house. And as delightful as Hunter Wasser's warped and kaleidoscopic buildings are, the exaltation of mold is where he and I part ways. At least we know he didn't suffer from allergies. Instead of TV, it is better to watch nature grow wild and grow out of human control. For instance, in the case of spontaneous vegetation. Oh boy. Hunter Wasser was big on manifestos. He had another one that he called 
and I, I'm not making this up, the holy sh manifesto. Every time we use the flush toilet, we think it is an hygienic accomplishment. But in fact, we violate the laws of nature. We pray before we eat and we say grace afterwards. But we do not pray when we shit. Everything taking humans away from nature, or any of our, you know, natural processes, was an affront to Hunter Vosser. So his buildings were designed to keep us more in touch with our disgusting organic reality. If we do not treasure our shit, and if we do not transform it into humus, in honor of God and the world, we lose our right to be present on this earth. Humus is the part of the soil that's rich and dark with organic matter. Hunadvasa had proposed to plant natural urine purification systems and compost toilets in his buildings. Although his investors wouldn't back indoor compost toilets in the Green Citadel. When Luisa was last in Germany, she talked her way into the building. This is the shower that he put in. And for the bathroom, they used blue tiles as a rim. And also, no, there's no straight lines here either. Oh, none. None. I visited a bathroom in the Green Citadel. I didn't see any composting toilets. I didn't even see any mold. What I did see, though, were crazy patterns. If you look at this, you have, like, round corners all over the apartment. There are no, like, sharp and crisp corners here. Nicole Zanda and her partner Sebastian live in the Green Citadel. Like you said, we have two bathrooms, one with a tub and one with a, just a shower. Mm-hmm. The bathroom tiles are staggered and slightly shifted sideways so that they don't line up in columns. In some places, they're tilted diagonally or shattered and their fragments put back together to form a unique mosaic-like pattern. They showed me around their place. And you see, this is a different kind of window. It opens up all the way and it's uh, got that round on top of it. Now we'll get into the parts of Hunter Vosser's manifesto-laden worldview that is blissfully free of mold and excrement and appeals to our sense of individuality. For Hundertwasser, the goal was to construct a creative lifestyle for the people who lived and worked in and around the Green Citadel. He designed the building to encourage residents' individuality to shine forth. And it wasn't just in terms of how he built the Green Citadel. Part of it were the rules that governed it. The apartment house tenant must have the freedom to lean out of his window and as far as his, his arms can reach to change the outside walls of his building. Hunadvasa encouraged residents to lean out of their windows and paint the facade around them any color and design they wanted. He called this concept Fensterrecht, or right of window. He must be allowed to paint or transform his outside walls, his third skin, as far as his arms can reach, so that from far away from the street everyone can see there lives a man who distinguishes himself from his neighbors. And the other prisoners. When he says prisoners, he's, he's referring to you and me. The idea was, clothes are your second skin, your home is your third skin. And if we choose our own clothes, why shouldn't renters choose the colors for their outside walls, at least around the window? Hunter Vosser believed that residents painting their windows, their homes, would be a form of their own self-expression. He wasn't explicitly demanding that residents lean out their windows and paint the borders around them, but he was hoping to design an environment that would encourage them to do it of their own free will. 
I asked Sebastian and Nicole, the Green Citadel residents, if they thought about taking him up on his right of window idea. We didn't, but technically the right is there, yeah. Let's try hanging out the fourth floor of your window to try to change something. I'm not going <laughs> to do that. I'm having a hard time cleaning the windows. So far, only one person has taken Hunadvasa up on the right of window here, and the modifications were pretty minor. And now residents need to apply to claim their Fensterreicht. The building manager told me that he hasn't received a single application from anyone else requesting to paint the exterior facade around their window to exercise their Fensterreicht. We took a quick poll here in the office, and both Sam and I would feel a little too intimidated to haphazardly paint the outside of our window on an already amazing building. Avery would be leaning outside to paint on day one, and Katie would be out there on a window washer's rig painting up a storm in a hot minute. I generally love the right of window idea, even if I wouldn't necessarily participate, but it also feels a little like forced fun. Like being required to take a day off of work to play wacky games with your coworkers on a company retreat, or audience participation at shtick dinner theater, or having a pop album appear automatically on your phone. It's mainly fun for people designing the experience. That's the irony in all of this. Hunadvasa fought against architectural doctrine so that people could be free to express themselves but only as he wanted them to. In many ways, in addition to being brilliant objects of art, Hunterwasser's buildings were like concept cars or high fashion. A three-wheeled car with a bubble roof or six-foot-tall fur hats are not meant for the mass market, but radical concepts move the norm forward. You certainly do not want a house full of mold. You really don't. It's terrible. But just try to find an urbanist these days who is not all for green roofs. And that's what the big-talking, naked-speech-giving manifesto writers of the world are for. Invisible was produced this week by Louisa Beck with Avery Truffleman, Sam Greenspan, Katie Mingle, and me, Roman Mars. We are a project of 91.7 local public radio KALW in San Francisco and produced in beautiful downtown Oakland, California out of the offices of ArcSign, who we check in with on so many of our stories. I think as a reaction to Eastern European Soviet bloc style architecture, this makes a lot of sense when you look at it. Would I want to see this become the norm? Probably not, but I think it's always healthy to have a variety of things. This is about a city who has the, the foresight to say, yeah, these art pieces as architecture are important. I shudder to think at the number of little mistakes we would make if we didn't have Adam and Daniel and the whole crew at ArcSign at the desks right next to us to answer our questions. Oh my God. Thanks for being there, guys. Invisible is made possible by our Fensterreich embracing and Fensterreich eschewing listeners and from Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website, blog, or portfolio. I actually made my own Squarespace site at romanmars.com and I don't claim that it's a masterpiece, but it looks and works great and I think I maybe spent like three hours working on it one night. I logged back in uh, the other night to update my bio to reflect the fact that the show has officially had 
over 30 million downloads, which feels amazing. And then you realize that that is about the same as two airings of Dancing with the Stars. If you want your very own site where you can humble brag and brag brag, go to squarespace.com, sign up for the free trial right now and use the offer code INVISIBLE and I'll save you 10%. Squarespace, a better web starts with your website. Support is also provided by the Facebook design team who believes that design can bring positive change to the world. Visit them at facebook.com design. We are also supported in so many ways by Tiny Letter, email for people with something to say. My boy Carver always has something to say. Would you like to live in a big pink house that has no straight line, just all squiggly lines? No, I like to live in a house with 100 secret passageways and a waterfall. Tinyletter.com. It's free, easy, minimal, and powerful. The simplest way to send an email newsletter from the great people behind MailChimp. Thanks to MailChimp and the Knight Foundation, I joined up with a bunch of my friends and we created Radiotopia from PRX, the best of the best of the best of radio storytelling. Welcome to Strangers. The truth. Theory of everything. Radio Diaries. Love and radio. Fugitive waves from the Kitchen Sisters. Radiotopia has a bunch of big plans and announcements next month. I've been working day and night. I'll keep you apprised of everything as it develops right here. But also follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Tumblr so you won't miss a thing. And you're always welcome at our place at 99pi.org. Radiotopia.